Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I honestly mean this, it is so good to be back with you. I was really looking forward to come back last week, but I hear that you've heard all of the sordid details. <laughs> Not all of them, no, okay. Yeah, so um, I got back um, midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning last week, and um, yeah, so I was really looking forward to coming to church and to being with you all, um, and then, it's funny, the whole sort of time in India, I was fine, absolutely fine. I think it was something I had on the plane coming back. Going out there, they served Indian food, and then coming back, they tried to make serve British food, but it wasn't quite British. It was like a cross between. I think it was something I ate, and as soon as I got to London, Euston, I thought, oh no, I don't feel right. So I had a couple of days of not feeling right, and then Saturday night, I started then not feeling, really, really not feeling right. Didn't uh, sleep a wink, um, so um, I just couldn't come. But I'm glad to be back with you today, so uh, it's great to be back. And thank you for all your prayers. Those of you who have asked, um, no, I've still not found my suitcase. As of tomorrow, it will be officially lost. I have contact from the airlines. They asked me, have I found my ca- case yet? No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we said this thing on going on the plane that, you know, let's just go with the flow. Uh, five of the six of us had never been to India before, didn't know what to expect. So let's just go with the flow. And it was interesting as I was uh, going to the, um, getting off the airplane, we were delayed in, in customs for quite a long time. Everything was s- slow. And uh, I kept joking to the guys, well, what about our suitcases, you know? But as I approached the conveyor belt to look for my suitcase, I had this gut feeling, oh no, I wonder if mine's going to be there. And interestingly, I, pe- people were praying for me before I went out. I remember David praying that nothing would happen to the suitcase. I thought, why are they praying that for? I've never had anything, any problems with suitcases before. Yes, okay, so uh, anyway, my, my suitcase wasn't there, and I thought, you know, I start, in the inside, I started to feel a little bit sort of churned up. I thought, no, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. I had money, um, and most importantly, I had my toothbrush and toothpaste on my hand luggage so I could brush my teeth. That meant a lot, lot to me. So, um, so anyway, that, that night, one of the, um, the guys from the organization t- personally took me shopping. It was my shopping buddy, sh- yeah, personal shopper. And he said, how about this? How about that? And he started to dress me, and everything was fine. Everything was fine. So it was good to, uh, it all worked out for the good in the end. I'm insured, so I can claim back insurance. So we'll just, we'll just see what happens. But thank you for your prayers. Your love and your prayers has meant so much over that. Um, this morning, I'm not going to talk loads about India. I know you might be disappointed about that. But, and there was a but, at the um, it, welcome desk, we have a, a sign-up sheet. I'm going to do an evening coming up on the Friday the 1st of December, I'm going to do a, 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 an India night and snacks. And we're going to, an opportunity, if you're available, just to share a bit of my journey. I'm not going to be that person that shows you 250,000 slides and uh, photos and videos. There will be some photos, there will be some videos. But I want to share about the journey, what I saw, what I experienced, and what I believe God is saying um, for us. And to have an opportunity to pray as well. Pray for India. Pray for those from India who are in the UK on our doorstep right now. Um, yeah, so that's going to be that. I will drop some things in. Um, one of the biggest things for me 
um, I didn't realize, well, I knew it existed, but not particularly in northern India, is the whole caste system. You might be aware of the caste system. So based on um, their belief system of what you did in a former life, you'd be a part of a caste system. At the, you've got at the bottom, we've got the, um, uh, the, the, sort of the untouchables. Um, even below that, we've got the snake charmers. Okay, I, met, I went to a snake charmers village. I'll share all about that. But ultimately, what they've done in a former life, they believe, results in what family they're born into. And we, the great thing about, about um, northern India is a lot of the Christians that are being saved are from the lowest castes. So why are they being saved? Are they being um, persuaded that Jesus is alive? Well, they are, but not through words. Because they have got no money. If they're ill, they're sick, like you and I, they, have, they can't go to a doctor. So what are they going to do? So what it is, people with the good news have gone out to them. And these are Hindu families. And they said, look, you know, that Jesus is alive and Jesus can heal. Okay, well, I, I, I worship a thousand different gods. Jesus, to me, is another god. Show me that Jesus is alive. So they pray for the sick, and the sick are healed. Blind eyes are opened. Death ears are opened. There are stories of people coming back from the dead. It's amazing. But they need that. And we take this for granted in the West. But they need to see signs and wonders. But their biggest challenge is that of identity. So we were speaking with pastors, we were speaking with leaders, um, those that are going to go out and lead teams and lead teams of pastors. And the biggest challenge I had in my heart was, God, don't let these people leave the same. Because they could have an encounter with Jesus, but still feel, well, I am just from this family, just from this caste. And so I had the opportunity to speak into them about just uh, their identity and, and all that God has done for them. So I'm going to share more on this, this night. Um, but yeah, if you can make it, then please sign up. We want to have some Indian snacks. So if, you, uh, if you're good at producing Indian food, then talk to me about that. And we would love to have a, just an hour and a half together on that night to share more, to pray together about, about India. But I should have said this morning, I should have said um, namaste. <laughs> namaste. Which basically acknowledges the divine within you. I love that. I absolutely love that. I acknowledge the divine in all of you this morning. I acknowledge the divine in all of you. Because what God's put in my heart this morning is this whole thing about identity. Yes, I've been speaking a bit about it in India, but this is a word for us as a church. The next couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking at this. Um, because this is a make or break for all of us, our identity in Christ. And uh, I don't know if you've ever asked, I've been asked a question, who are you? And we ask that question, and sometimes we respond, well, I'm Dave. Who are you? Yes, well, uh, uh, I pastor a church. But no, that's not who I am. You might say, well, I, I work for JLR. I, I, I raise my kids at home. Different uh, things referring to your, your work. But that's not who you are. That's what you do. But who are you? Who are you really? Who are you really? Jesus said in, um, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore. But there's a big gap. If we can show you the next slide. There's a big gap between authority and our responsibility. And I believe that gap is this one word, which is identity. Who's seen the, the film The Born Identity? 
been around for quite a long time now. Okay, just to let you know, the Bourne identity is all about this, this man called Jason Bourne. He's found floating in the seas, and basically he is an assassin. He's trained to be an assassin. But in his last job, has gone horribly wrong. He's been shot. He's in the sea. He gets digged out of the sea by fishermen, and he's got amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. And uh, the whole si- uh, trilogy of films is all about him finding out his true identity. Suddenly he f- finds he's got a set of special skills. He can disarm people with a gun pointing at him, like in a moment, just like Leanne. (laughs) He's got a special set of skills. It's it's wonderful. And he's thinking, whoa, what's going on there? I'd love to have those skills. (laughs) You know, your hands just move and suddenly you've baked a cake. I don't know. (laughs) But he's got a special... And his whole thing about finding out who he really is, he's he's got a whole list of different... a whole. Loads of different passports, but who is he really? Is he Jason Bourne? Is he um, David Webb? Who is he? And, and it's, it's a wonderful film, um, if you like action, um, which I do. But it's all about identity. Who, who is he really? Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore. We have responsibility as Christians. If you're here today or listening on podcast and you're not yet a Christian, then you're going to hear a bit more about what it means to be a Christian and who you are in Christ Jesus once you become a Christian. We've got authority, we've got a responsibility, but the missing link is identity. I don't know when I just said to you a few moments ago, when I said about the Great Commission, go therefore. Sometimes when we hear that, maybe in our heart of hearts we think, evangelism, that's not for me, that's for a department in the church. Everything we do or should do as believers in Jesus Christ, has to stem from our identity. It has to. I just want to bring a little bit of teaching for a few moments and then share a little bit more about where we're going with this word this morning. So, in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, there are three types of sin. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Why am I talking about sin? Because sin happened in the beginning, happened in Genesis chapter 3. We know the story of Adam and Eve. And God said, you can eat of any tree, but don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then we hear how temptation affected Eve, and then Eve took the apple and gave it to her husband, who incidentally was standing with her the whole time, keeping silent. So this isn't a gender thing. This is temptation, that we all face temptation. But let's have a look at that passage quickly in um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 to 7a. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is us wanting to do sinful activity to make our flesh feel good. See, the reason it was sinful activity is God says don't eat from that tree. There was a boundary there, but she disobeyed. She saw that the tree was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes. That's the things that we we look upon that we shouldn't. Lustful images. Covetousness is lust of the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise, the pride of life. Wanting power, wanting um, glory that isn't ours to have. That was not hers to have that particular wisdom knowing the difference between good and evil wasn't hers to have but because she sinned it was the pride of life 
She took of the fruit and she ate. She also gave to, uh, to her husband and with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And so here we see three different forms of temptation that you and I will all face in life. Maybe not at the same time, maybe at different times, but we'll all face the lust of the flesh. We'll all face the lust of the eyes and we'll all face the pride of life. Jolly, heartwarming message, isn't it? Why am I saying this? Because their identity, right at the beginning of time, God had made them into relationship with them. God had made them to have a, a lovely relationship in that paradise, the Garden of Eden, at the beginning of time. But what happened? Because temptation came, not just because temptation came, because they yielded to temptation and they sinned, their identity shifted. Their identity changed. Suddenly, for the first time, their identity was a sinful identity. They heard God coming in the garden, and they hid. And God says, where are you? As if God didn't know where they were. Searching questions, where are you? They hid. Their identity changed. And the reason I'm saying this is because we're going to hear an account right now um, of Jesus. I love this next verse, which says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. That's wonderful, isn't it? That is the good news. Jesus came, and this is brilliant, because we sometimes think that Satan has got loads of powers. He hasn't. He cannot read minds. He cannot read minds. He did not know that God was going to come in the flesh. Imagine what Satan must have felt or thought when he realized that actually Jesus was God in the flesh. What an amazing mystery. And Jesus grew up a sinless life and died a cruel death. But he was tempted in all points as you and I. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Yet he was without sin. And then he says in verse 16, the writer of the Hebrews, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Church, we need to be more, more bold. We need to be more vocal. I am so glad to be back with us, with us all today. I've made the comments to Leanne, sitting, it's quiet today. And Leanne responded, it's been quiet the last few weeks. I'm going to speak into that. Because God wants you and I to be bold. This, we don't have to bypass the personalities. We might be quiet people, but God wants to be bold. And bold comes with a voice. Bold comes with a voice. So what we're going to read today, we're going to read from Luke. Thank you. Oh, this first thing that we say is identity, go back. Identity is not just who you are, but whose you are. This is the key to everything. Your identity is not what you do. It's who you are. It's who you are if you're a believer in Christ Jesus. It makes all the difference. Who you are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask you the question, who are you in Christ Jesus? Who are you? Tell your neighbor one thing about who you are in Christ Jesus. Come on, I'm going to work you hard today. Who are you in Christ Jesus? And if you don't know what that means, that's fine. Who are you? What does that mean? Who are you at your core? Who are you now in Christ Jesus? At, throughout the epistles, particularly Paul writes, in Christ Jesus, to those who are in Christ Jesus. That was the term meaning what we call 
born again today. We are in Christ Jesus. That means the old is gone and the new has come. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Yes, I've got the same body. It's a little bit older than when I first came to Christ. But I am a new creation. You are a new creation. You have a new identity. And you've got to understand who, that, who you are in Christ Jesus. So we're going to see the account from Luke um, chapter 3. It's all going to be on the screen. And we're going to see what happened to Jesus. Remember the three temptations, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we see this in Luke chapter 3, verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. So Jesus needs to be baptized. He identified with what was happening. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. We forget that Jesus, the Son of God, was still on a journey of discovering who he is and his relationship with Father God. Then we have the affirmation from Father God, from Abba, saying to his Son, You are my Son. In you, I am well pleased. Can I say this this morning? If you are a Christian today, God says that to you. You are a son or daughter of the King of Kings. You are a son or daughter of Abba, of Father. And he says about you, he is pleased in you. He is pleased with you. But Dave, you don't know what I did last week, last night. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did. It's got nothing to do with what you do or what I do. It's got everything to do about who you are and what he's done for you. Amen? You are my beloved son or daughter. In you, I am well pleased. Some of you need to hear that this morning, that God is pleased with you. Maybe you've lived a life where you've not felt pleased, but God is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die. Jesus gets his identity from Father, and so should we. So should we. But then we see in the very next chapter, immediately, I love it, in, the, in, in Matthew's chap- account, he talks about immediately, then being filled with the Holy Spirit. Say filled. filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, Jesus, before the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So in a sense, when, Jesus gives, when God the Father gives Jesus identity, we see a reveal. A revelation of who Jesus was and what God the Father thought about him. And now we see a reversal. Thing sounds good. Have you ever been to a church meeting, a church conference, and you thought, this is, just, this is like heaven on earth? Yeah? And then suddenly you return thinking, right, I'm going to knock everything dead. And suddenly it feels like all hell breaks loose. Yeah? That's your reversal. When things seem to go back into reverse. But God, I thought, I want to stay on the mountaintop, Peter said. Let me make some tabernacles. This is good here. You can't stay on the mountaintop. Life happens, and some of life goes into reverse. But don't worry, God is with you through his Holy Spirit. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this Christian life not being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be being filled, as Ephesians says. A constantly, God, I'm leaking. Would you fill me afresh? Fill me afresh today with your Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, he returned to the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So this temptation that Jesus is about to face is all God's idea. God's allowing it. Jesus had to be tempted in all points that you and I are. So he could break the chains of of sin. 
and he could withstand temptation. And being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Wow, that's amazing. We read that, but he's not eaten food for 40 days. At that point, the body starts to turn on it in on itself and starts to eat itself. He was hungry. He was hungry. And so we have the devil coming in now. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, notice that. He attacks his identity. He attacks his identity. Church, the devil is going to attack your identity. Maybe the devil has had a field day with your identity up until now. But praise God, I believe that today is going to be a new day for you. Amen? The devil no no longer is going to have any attack on your identity if you withstand your ground. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, Jesus knew the word. Church, you and I need to know the word. You and I need to know the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus attacked back with the word of God. Did he think it? He spoke it out. He spoke it out right back at the devil. Then the devil took him on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. This has been delivered to me and I give it to whoever whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Wow. All the kingdoms. Is that really what Jesus wanted? It was a test of the eyes. The pride of, we've seen the pride of the um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. And maybe for Jesus, he could have done that because he could have thought, well, I've got to bring about the kingdom of God. I've got be, and maybe this could fast track me to bring about God's kingdom. If I get given all, of, all the kingdoms now, all authority, then suddenly I could fast track people to change their lives. But it wasn't God's will. Get behind me, Satan. I think you need to say that. I need to say that. Let's not be shy in saying, get behind me, Satan. When you get a thought come into your mind that may, may bring you down, or a thought, or uh, a sense of attacking of your, your identity, you say, get behind me, Satan. But say it. Say it. Take authority. Verse 9, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, again his identity is being attacked, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now Jesus, uh, the devil is now being a bit cunning, because now the devil is starting to quote scripture back at Jesus. For, in the Psalms, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And, another, another word of God, in their hands shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And here we see an attack, a temptation of the pride of life. That is taking power that isn't ours to take putting God to the test, saying, well, you could jump off and God will protect you. 
It wasn't got Jesus to take then. So Jesus is tempted in those three points, as we've seen now. And in verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power. He was led out, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he returns. This is his return. He's been revealed who his identity is. He's had his reversal of temptation and fasting in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. And now he is overcome. He returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is now a new day for him. His ministry is about to start. Power just means ability. He's got a new ability because he is overcome. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. Remember, identity is not just who you are, but whose you are. So you could say, well, I am Dave Bolton. Or, I am Dave Bolton, I'm born again. But it's more important to say whose you are. Who do you belong to? And therefore, what are the attributes of what that person looks like? We've been made in the image of God. We look different on the, on the skin, but we've been made with a family likeness. So who do we belong to? I'm just going to bring this very quickly into lamb. But Jesus, use this. It's a, a sword that I borrowed from Daniel's bedroom. Ephesians chapter six, 6 says, use the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God or we'll be of no use. It is written. When the devil comes to you, when thoughts come to you, when thoughts come to your mind that says, I don't know what I think about that, thoughts that make you feel insecure, small, little, you've got to use the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians says this, and this is you today. So I'm going to read this very quickly. And every time a word in yellow says, I want you to shout it out loud. Okay? I said we've been a bit quiet. So shout it. So let's read this together. And when it comes to yellow, shout the word. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just has he in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Can I just say that? God has chosen you before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame, to be set apart. That is the word of God. That is the word of God for your life. He's chosen you. He's predestined you. He's loved you. He's blessed you. Um, verse 5, having predestined us as... Louder. You are a son of God. And if you're a, or a daughter of God, it's without the gender, but daughter or son of God. Just let that sink into your heart right now. You are a son of God. Say it, I'm a son of God or a daughter of God. Now say it like you, you mean it. Now look at the person next to you and say it about yourself to them. That makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. When you know your identity in Christ, it makes all the difference. And you, some of you need to look yourself in the mirror daily and say, I am a son of God. And let that truth and revelation sink into your heart. 
sink into your heart because it, it allows a new authority to come into you. We have been destined as sons of God by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he He's made you accepted, church. You are accepted. You are accepted. Maybe some of you lived your life not being accepted or, not, or feeling not part of the gang. But you are accepted in Christ Jesus. You're accepted as part of this church. You're accepted, more importantly, by Christ Jesus, by God the Father. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you so that you are accepted because you are chosen and you are blessed. In him we have that means God has paid you back. He's bought you back with the price of Jesus' blood. That means you no longer belong to the enemy. You belong to Jesus Christ. You belong to Father God. And you have, through his blood, the... Louder. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Amen? Amen. Who believes it? Amen. Come on. Come on, church. It's time to allow the truth get into your heart. This is not gimmicks. I might be holding a plastic uh, sword. <laughs> but this is truth. This is truth. This is truth. You have been forgiven. Keep short accounts though. Mess up. Fall down. Don't, wake a, don't wait a whole week thinking I've got to have a pity party for myself. I am not worthy. God has made you worthy. Get back on your feet and say, God, I've, I've, forgive me. I've fallen short. I repent. That means I've changed my mind to live for you. And it's like you've done nothing wrong. You're holy and you're blameless. Because that's the state that God has called you and I to in Jesus' name. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him we have also obtained an inheritance. Come on. You have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. In fact, I love Colossians and I love Ephesians. Because it talks about we are Christ's inheritance and he is our inheritance. So when we, are, when we leave this life, we've got an inheritance. There are rewards for how you show your responsibility. But you won't show responsibility unless you know who you are in Christ Jesus. If your identity is attacked and if you won't live the life that God has called you to, to live. There are no professional Christians. We all will have our identity tacked by Satan. But you have an identity to rise up, child of God. Rise up, take your responsibility, and you will have rewards by the way that you serve your Father on earth. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trust after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So God has left a deposit of his Holy Spirit in you. That's, his, that's what you're marked. You're marked. You're marked. It's not a physical mark. It's a mark inside that you belong to God. That you are his chosen possession. You are his prized possession. He loves you. He loves you so much, you've been marked. Now walk marked. Walk as if you've been marked with the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? It's the guarantee of our inheritance. That Holy Spirit inside of you is the guarantee. 
It's not like it's, it's going it's to expire in 28 days. No. It's a lifetime guarantee of walking with Christ. He was the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption, until God, you, you, the exchange happens of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Last one. Is that it? Okay, that's it. Great. So, having said all that, I'm going to talk more next week about our responsibility. But Leanne gave you some homework last week. I actually listened to the podcast. Thanks, Chris, for putting the podcast up nice and early. I listened to it in, my, in bed last Sunday morning. Um, and she gave some homework. Who remembers what the homework was? Amanda. Claiming things over yourself at what he's done. Okay, who's done it? <laughs> great, great, okay, great. For those that haven't done our, naughty, our, ho- our homework, okay. But this is it. This is Make or Break Church. Let's put this into practice. Let's put this into practice. We say to our children all the time, you've got to do your homework. You've got to do your homework. We know we've got to do our homework. If you don't do your homework, you're not going to learn. But the same with this. We've got to put these principles into practice. So my encouragement to you all today, and I'm going to be asking you next week, is speak over your life this week who you are in Christ. That you are adopted, you have been chosen, that you are blessed, that you are son or daughter of God, which makes all the difference. Okay? And speak it over your life. Look yourself in the mirror. Speak it over your life. There's power in looking at yourself in the mirror. Look yourself in the mirror and speak it over your life because of who you are your identity in Christ Jesus. And you will, and we will, we talk different. Sometimes it's we get Monday morning and the weather's raining. And they listen to our speech sometimes. Oh, and we haven't even got out of bed yet. Our speech makes all the difference. We need to talk differently as if we belong to a different kingdom. And we do. We do. We walk differently. We walk with our eyes open thinking, God, what do you want to do today? God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God, right living, right thinking, right speaking. That's righteousness. We can't do it on our own, but it's a gift from God. So we walk differently. We talk differently. We think differently. Those, those, things that, those thoughts that come to your mind, cut it off. I'm not going to think that way with the sword of the Spirit because I know who I am and whose I am. It makes all the difference. You carry yourself differently. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.